turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob Jones. Joining me tonight to go through the questions of doom is Mike Hayes. Hey, Mike, you right? Hello, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. So, Mike, you play drums in Alvin and the Angry Barrels with Sam. Um, I do, for my sins, yeah. Yeah, how's that working out? Is that all right? Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, I've said it before. I mean, I went through a long phase of not playing the drums. um, And it was hard because I didn't really miss it. And then got back into a band again, and it's the best thing. COVID was rough because we couldn't get together and practice or anything um and and since then it's just that creative outlet every week's brilliant loving it and we're probably going to be completely out of sync by the time this goes out but uh, you just finished off the ep and you i think you've got some gigs coming up now so when this goes out you've probably just had a load of gigs but um getting out and playing live again that's the main thing i suppose yeah we we we're not going to be doing it for a job or anything anytime soon we usually we like to aim for one a month uh, and I think this is going to be two or three, depending on how you look at the month. If it's April, we've got right. two in April and then a couple in May, a couple in June. So it's going to be good. That's busy for you guys, really. Or is that back? Is, is that kind of back to pre-COVID levels for you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. What was that thing I saw? You, you played at Tonian's Rugby Club, didn't you? About two o'clock in the middle of the day when everyone was watching rugby and it's like the worst time to put you guys on. Yeah. Sam, Sam has a rule. Uh, if there's a bouncy castle, bouncy castle, you're not allowed to swear. Right. Okay. I think he did anyway. What about, you can say, what about under 13s rugby going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that counts because they hear worse on the pitch, I expect. Um, we did an episode last year, didn't we? But the audio all got screwed up. So thank you for coming back. Um, is it going to be as metal as it was last time? Um, probably not. No, I'd like to re-record that one. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was a really good episode. But yeah, we'll definitely revisit the and the Metalheads one. You can chalk me up for the quiz next time as well. Yeah, definitely. That, that did you enjoy like that? Fun. Yeah, yeah. So, should we crack on with the questions of Doom? I'm ready. I have not overthought my answers at all. No, you haven't changed them 15 <laughs> times since I sent them to you. Um, so the first question is, your top three albums of all time ever, or your top three bands or artists ever, or if you really, really want to, you can give me both. I have sort of done both. Can I just say, from the bat, this is really hard. I consume, that's what it's called nowadays, isn't it? Not buying or anything, because I use Apple Music. Um, I consume a lot of music. And it is, this is, some of these questions were almost impossible for me to narrow down, so I may waffle a little bit. Um, but my top three, so Mastodon are my favorite band. They're a band that I don't listen to all that much, but they are my favorite band. It's almost like, you know, there's some, there's some bands, movies, TV series or whatever, you only watch once or twice every now and again, but you know they're your favorite. It's almost like you don't want to wear them out. Do you know what I mean? So I went with, Mastodon, number one, and I've gone with the album linked to that is Crack the Sky, which is they leaned really, really far into their sort of prog 70s sound on that. They're a band that started off really, really heavy, almost like sort of death metal, and then they've just got 
progressively more into the prog and the synths and all that sort of stuff. Crack the Sky was was um, something that I suggested to one of my friends that I was working with at the time when I was working in Bristol in a hospital. He hadn't bought an album since the 70s. And he bought that and had it on nonstop for months and then bought all of their back catalogue. That's the, to- that's the type of album we're talking about. Um, yeah, really quite experimental. It's some weird concept album about Rasputin and all the weird, like, transcendental meditation and all that sort of stuff that he used to do i shall um, download it i'll have it on at work tomorrow do you know what i think there's a there's an outside chance you'll like it all right okay <laughs> there is an outside chance you'll like it. it's really it is really good obviously i wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't really good but um so second um are the are the band i probably listen to the most and have listened to the most over the last 10 years 15 years or so and that is the black dahlia murder with and I, that was hard to narrow down an album as well because they're all amazing but i went with nocturnal that's the one they're probably probably the most famous for they had some quite big tunes in the sort of back when mtv was doing music videos um sadly their vocalist uh decided to take his own life recently which is quite emotional um they're the most they're the band I've gone into most on the sort of fan side of things. They've got like a Facebook fan group and stuff. Right. Um, so got them and then it wouldn't be a top three bands or artists of all time. If I didn't put Metallica in there. I wondered if Metallica were going to come up to be honest. Yeah. They're my, they were my gateway into all sorts of heavier, horrible, gruesome stuff. Um, again, couldn't narrow down an album, but I went with two. Whether people say it's, pompous or posy or whatever master of puppets is a brilliant album yes it's now famous because of stranger things but it's a brilliant album and kill em all is probably my favorite right nothing for load no love for load or reload um i think it's got its place i I got their essentials playlist i i saw a video that somebody i think it was revolver or something revolver on youtube always do these like ask the artist sort of things and uh and they were asking all these sorts of bands, like, what's the best Metallica song of all time? It's Hero and I was of the like, day, well, it's, obviously. Well, it's Master of Puppets, <laughs> always. Obviously, it's Master of Puppets. <laughs> and then I downloaded their Essentials playlist. I was a bit like, oh, yeah, Shortest Straw's a really good song. Oh, Blacken's <laughs> a brilliant song. Oh, Battery's a brilliant song. It, just, it was constant. Just You just can't choose. Um, yeah, lots of uh, honorable mentions in that category as well. I think that question's yeah. really difficult. Would there be with Metallica? Would they be one of those you just like make a playlist of all their songs and just have it on shuffle? Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much what their essentials playlist is, to be honest. Uh, there's even some missing that I would like on there. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Which is a um, shame. What was the first record you bought with your own money, or you specifically asked someone to go out and get it for you? You're going to like this. Am I gone? I have. I think. My memory's not very good about when I was a child. I don't think that's any sort of indication on repressed memories that I'm trying to hide, but I just I don't remember all that much when I was little. Um Jamiroquai, Return of the Space Cowboy. Oh my god. Yeah. But that doesn't like that what was that? That must have been about ninety four, ninety five. Ninety four, yeah. So you yeah, can so you can came... have been more you were a baby then. Well, I was six when it came out. I think I 
heard some of his tracks and then went back a bit. Right. So because the following one I don't was, think I was um, six. Yeah. Because there's vir- virtual insanity was one of them as well. Was that the album? I think that was a single. The thing. So all right, I'm getting me. So what was the other one? So, Traveling about this moving. This is his second. Ah, right. So the first one was the Traveling about moving, wasn't it? And then the second one had. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't really want to get bogged down in Jamiroquai, to be honest. No. I have been to but... see them though. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an interesting gig. It was one of those where I'd been to loads of metal gigs around and about loads before and then would have gone to loads after. Went to see him and I, we got quite close. I was like, I've got room around me here. This yeah. is weird. What do I do? You're just like looking at, at, at the whole band playing incredibly. Drama was absolutely in the pocket the whole time. I'm there going, what do I do? I don't really dance. I can't headbang. What do I? Like, there's not yeah. people pushing me around. What do I do? You start a circle pit is what you do. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> must have been. So the other funny story about the the records or records I've asked for was that when I was little, my my gran, my dad's mum, would always ask us for a for a CD that we wanted for Christmas, and she would always buy it. Little did I know, obviously, it was my parents buying it and saying it was from my gran. So I always thought there was this little old lady going in to buy really aggressive music, <laughs> going into a local HMV in Tempe and saying, oh, can I have the latest Cannibal Corpse album, please? <laughs> or some no- Norwegian black metal burning churches and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Secretly hiding all of her uh, tattoos. Brilliant. Um, what was the last record that you bought or streamed or downloaded? Was there a record that you or an album that you listened to in full recently? Yeah, so um, like I said, I consume music all the time, and uh, this has been quite difficult. And I, this was the one that I thought was going to change a few times, depending on album releases and stuff, um, because people bang on about how metal's dead, and that idiot from Maroon Five keeps going on about how metal's dead and whatever. And I, can, I don't think it's in. I think it's in the best health it's been in for years. I think people are releasing albums more often. They might be shorter because they might be allowed to be now because you don't have to make an album of a certain length because you just put it on a streaming thing and people stream it. That's how it goes. Um, So the last one was August Burns Red, Death Below. Right, okay. They're a sort of metalcore-y type band. They're one of those bands, I was saying this to Sam in the car the other day after practice. They've sort of always been really good like not not anything outstanding, not gonna tear the world down amazing, but they're, they're never terrible. They they just released album after album of really, really good metalcore. Did you see that article in The Guardian? Was it last week or the week before about like the best time to be a metalhead is now? Yeah, and there's a band there's a band on there that if you'd have asked me, say, what's your favourite album in the last few years or so? There was an album mentioned on that called Palm Reader, and they're another um, local mm. sort of metalcore, hardcore band, and they're incredible. And they're the exact one of the reasons why I'm saying it's it's in the best health it's ever been in. Mm. Excellent. It's funny with the like with the streaming. You're saying that you know records can be as long as they want to be. There's quite a lot of stuff is coming in around the half hour, thirty five minute mark, or it's coming in in like an hour and 20 and you don't seem to get that sort of 45 minute to a 
to 15 minute album anymore. It's either short and sharp and to the punch or it's long and for my taste at the minute, long and overblown in, you know, someone's magnum opus, if you like. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of loads of different metals mainly, but obviously we had dream theater release an album a couple of years back. That was a concept album. And that was like two hours long. The astonishing yeah. or something like that. And then the last kill switch engage album was 20 something minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like one of your sets with the angry barrels. 20 songs, 20 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say about 20 songs in there as well, yeah. It's hard (laughs) to remember them all. That's why he keeps having a go at us at practice because we can't remember anything, especially Nate because he can't remember his own name half the time. It's because we've got 20 songs to fill a set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, Mike, tell me about the first gig you went to. First gig. So I, again, I'm not very good at remembering this sort of stuff, but I think I was quite late to go into gigs. The main one I can remember first was the... um, one we went on with all my mates. We went on the American Idiot tour. Oh, right. So that must have been, when was that out? Like 2002, 2003? No, so later. Around that sort of. It was later, was it? wasn't it? I think it was about 2006. Was it really? So I must have been really. There must have been one before that now. Um, let me just have a quick Google. Because I'm quite happy to be wrong. <laughs> So I think it, yeah. I think that tour was just before the album came out. They'd released... Two, uh, split the difference, 2004. 2004. So I must have been, yeah, 16 then. It's quite late. It must have been one before that, but I can't remember. I remember going to Wembley with Sam. Wembley Arena with Sam to see Green Day. And I think that might have been on the Warning tour. Mm. Um, and I did enjoy it. We were up on the side in the seats and you're kind of looking at a right angle down to the stage and it was cricking your neck and I was over Green Day at the time. But yeah, was it good though? It was good. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. They played they played some of their older songs, which I was a little bit more interested in anyway. Um, What's the last gig you went to that you weren't playing at? So this is one that had been rescheduled about three times. Um, and it was... It's, it was called the Faces of Death. You're like this, <laughs> right up your street. Yeah, go on then. Uh, and it and it was going to feature the four bands I've probably listened to the most in the last couple of years. So it was like the ultimate gig for me. It was like somebody had somebody had done your festival question in a minute, and so on. Oh, what four bands would Mike like to see? And then one of them dropped out. Then another one dropped out, and then. Two, the two that were left that I was really looking forward to see both kicked their singer out. Oh, God. So, thankfully, the replacements, the two replacements were really good and ones that I'd listened to recently anyway. Um, and the vocalists that they brought in or the, for the main band, Rivers and Nihil, they had their bassist singing. It was incredible. It was such a good return to gigs for me because that was the first one I've been to since COVID. Right, I had a okay. couple that were cancelled and one that was rescheduled for the day before my son's birth date. Right. Um, yeah. So I probably shouldn't. You ain't going to swing that, that are you? No. Oh, you did swing um, it then? No, did I didn't. Did you swing it? Or... No, 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 that's fine. No. Um, uh, so this one, yeah, amazing. Rivers and I Hill are, are, are unlucky to miss the cart on loads of mine, so I've included them a little bit later on. I must have mentioned this, mentioned this to you before, but we had tickets for what they call the Tattoo the Planet tour. 
and it was yeah. down in Cardiff, and it was like Pantera. Pantera, we was why we bought the tickets, but it's also like Slayer and Cradle of the Filth and oh. load of other bands and stuff. And um, it was scheduled for like the twentieth of September, um, two thousand and one. And then nine eleven happened, and all and like all the all the band's gear was just in aeroplane somewhere because everything just got shut down, didn't it? Yeah. And like, so they were just like, we can't put this on. And then when they rescheduled it, Pantera couldn't play, a couple of other bands couldn't play. So it ended up being like Slayer, Cradle of Filth. I think Anthrax might have played. Um, Sepultura played. Um, but yeah, it was like, yeah, it was going to be like awesome with Pantera yeah. headlining. And then, yeah, and then it wasn't. But it was still like, it you was, could go and see him now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was um, yeah. But that was cool. It's just funny how it goes. And then um, Jamie, who we have on the podcast quite a bit, yeah, he held on to tickets for Ozzy for so long, and then obviously Ozzy's just announced his retirement, and he's like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, a couple so. of my mates have uh, had the same situation. Been waiting to see him for years and years and years. Right. Question four, Mike. Who's been the biggest influence on your record collection? So. My mum and dad, apart from my mum's love of wet, 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 right? tapes in the car and stuff, have been they've been pretty kind to me, I have to say. We had a lot of meatloaf. Excellent. Always a lot of meatloaf. Some um, the specials. Uh, mum's a big Springsteen fan, so we had a lot of that. Um, Paul Simon. It's pretty good. So was your, you, was your mum Sam's favourite teacher, do you reckon? Or? Um, I think she was his form tutor for a while. Actually. Oh, right, okay. So where his love of Springsteen comes from then, or? Well, no, nah, probably not. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so that was a good start. My sister got into the heavier music before me, even starting out with some of the like new metal bands like Corn and stuff like that. Um, and I remember distinctly coming down the stairs once, and she was she had loads of her friends around, and they were playing Mr. Bungle. Do you know Mr. Bungle? Yeah, that's the Mike Patton thing, isn't it? Yeah, and they went they went through a phase of exclusively doing clown core. Mm. So everything sounded like angry clowns that was the quite a weird experience but obviously i was interested then. um so she she would have set me on a path to that um and my mate paddy him and i constantly share music with each other usually angry black metal from various different countries <laughs> that's pretty much your wheelhouse then yes exactly yeah excellent right so the next question it's kind of it's like, have you ever been in a band? And obviously we know you are in a band. So the second part of the question is, is there um, like a different kind of band you'd like to be in? Or is there a specific band that you would like to be a member of? Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Interesting. Well, I mean, I've, obviously I'd always, I've always wanted to be in a proper metal band. Right. Um, but I've you never the really... wrong mates for that though, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. I, there's not many metal heads around here. Um, I've never really had the sort of chops to keep up. That's the thing as well. My first band, punk band, pretty straight laced. Didn't don't stray too far away from playing anything on beat and on the on the line, down the line, keeping the vocalist in time, stuff like that. Um, and I always find it really hard to practice on my own. I just can't motivate myself to practice on my own, and obviously I'm working into the evenings and stuff so I find it difficult to actually practice to get my hand speed any faster or to 
learn how to blast beat properly and stuff like that. So it's a bit difficult, but I would always love to, I'd love to be in a metal band. Is there a metal band in particular you'd love to be able to drum for or? Um, like it, if like, so this band rings you up and says, Mike, we got, we got a three months European tour. We need you to drop everything and come drumming with us. Who's that band? Yeah. Well, I think, I think probably the closest would be a band called bleed from within. Cause my, one of my friends that I sort of started hanging around with local death metal band to, to Bristol called trigger the bloodshed. One of the guitarists from that band went to be in bleed from within for a while. So I went to go and see him on tour and stuff and hang out with him a little bit. Um, and I still bump into him at various gigs cause he's a sound tech for architects and sound tech. They kind of just rent yeah. themselves out, don't they? And do as much work as possible. And he's really good. Um, no, he's a guitar tech, not a sound tech. And, um, and obviously if I was good and maybe Ali, the drummer was not available, I'd, obviously he's not going to be calling me up my mate Martin because he's got hundreds of other mates that are <laughs> in amazing bands that he would ask first but it's one of those lines in line to the throne sort of things if he's Excellent. if his other a hundred mates that can play the drums infinitely better than me and are in actual metal bands aren't available he might go oh Mike used to play the drums we'll get we'll grab Mike <laughs> yeah Mike. If you could book six bands just to play a festival just for you, who who are you picking? Who are you booking for the festival? I reckon I could do two lots of six a day for about four days if I right. <laughs> choose. So I have proper. I've had to narrow this Mike's right. Mike's Coachella, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've gone with Clutch to open. Brilliant, because Clutch, I say they're my barometer band. Right. If you say you're into music and you don't like Clutch, I'm not going to listen to your opinion ever again. Okay, okay, yeah. I saw him supporting Motorhead back in, oh, 2006. And that's the closest I've seen. A, well, I've seen Motorhead quite a lot. And that's the closest I've seen a support band being better than Motorhead. They are they the quite, tightest. But they were, yeah. And, they are the tightest band I've ever seen live. Yeah. And they've got, they're heavy, but they've got, they got a bit of groove. Oh, they got loads of groove. Do you know? Yeah. yeah do you know what I mean? Though it's just yeah, yeah. yeah I, think I wouldn't really even say they're band, that heavy. But... I, they're full not, of not, blues. For me, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my son loves them as well, so I'd like to like oh, to excellent. get him over nice and early to open. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, then Mastodon, which who I've mentioned before, he yep. uh, Neil Fallon from Clutch guests on. Um, one of their most famous songs as well, so that would be good to have him come in straight after. Excellent guess um, what, yeah. And then Coheed and Cambria. Do you know them? No. Nah. They're again a sort of prog prog metal band. Um, all of their albums but one are in this sort of fictional universe that he created. Wow, that is proper proggy, that is, isn't it? That he's done, he's done comic books and stuff for. Um, so everything obviously the main characters are Coheed and Cambria but it goes through years and years and years of their story and their kids and stuff like that um, and they are I would say mine and Kate's favourite band so it would be good to have her uh, with me on that we went to see them once in Manchester and it was amazing um, we had our first dance to two of their songs like a little medley or two of their songs so excellent nice to see so that. your wife's into the heavy stuff as well then no not really that's about no, as heavy right, as okay. she goes 
because like me and Hazel don't actually. I think it's like them and Heads and Ben Fold, the two bands that we agree on, and like she she doesn't she likes that I put music on all the time, but she doesn't necessarily like all the music. I like I'm pretty sure she tolerates stuff like rancid and bad religion and all of that sort of racket but you know ben folds and the Lemonheads, like she was into before we met and that's like the two the two bands that we kind of bonded over if you like when it came to music but everything else it's just yeah yeah it's, sorry kate kate's very kind to me let's say she'll let me put on whatever i want in the car uh, and doesn't really necessarily want to listen to anything um but i've sort of mellowed out a bit in my old age so there are lots of bands yeah. that i listen to now that are considered in the sort of metal family but are very much not metal mm-hmm. so like lots yeah. of obviously clean vocals and singing and and artsy farts yeah and type bits we're getting well. away from the question but metal to me metal seems to or the definition of metal seems to is changed a lot over the, like the maybe the last sort of 20 to 25 years and um stuff what i would have considered metal when i was first getting into music probably isn't now yeah possibly i'm i'm one of those people i think i think this was on this uh, famously lost tape that we did um hmm. i'm one of those people that knows about all these ridiculous metal subgenres that you have but only uses them as a tool to decide whether I might give a mm. band a go if they're like this band. If they're yeah. in the same sort of random, silly subgenre as this band, I might want to give them a go. I'm not like a gatekeeper or anything. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think metal is very much an attitude, isn't it? Yes. Um, very like much punk's like punk an attitude. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the difference actually now to when I was into it. It was. You, when I when I was a kid getting into stuff, you had heavy metal, but now you've got metalcore and grindcore and grunkcore yeah. and mathcore. I heard about the other day, and it's just like we'll get I, I don't know minute. what. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what all of this is. So anyway, so I carry on with your festival lineup. So uh, after Coheed and Cambria, I'm getting it, bringing the heavy again with some Black Dahlia Murder. Um, then I've gone with Gorgira who are French right. metal. They're sort of moving away onto the softer side of things now. They were quite black metal at the start. Um, I saw them at Bloodstock 2018. Got a t-shirt on now, actually. Um, and they brought everything. Pyro, glitter, confetti, big... Well, people had inflatable whales, which is one of their things. They, they did right. an album, a few albums back, with um, flying space whales as a theme and stuff like that. So they're proper, really good musicians. Saw them once at the O2 Academy in Bristol, but they, it was really early. They didn't sell many tickets. So they were upstairs in the little tiny room. So it was literally a stage smaller than my living room, massive barrier around it. And then they hugged every single one of the crowd after the gig. I've never, yeah, I've never felt so connected to a band before. And the drummer, he uses he, he drums on really weird stuff. So he's got this big metal plate that he takes on tour with him to do a couple of intros on. So like he just taps on everything. He's so That's good. Uh, they'll also make sure the uh, festival is really sustainable as well. I thought you'd like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's why I'm they did. Straight. They did an album 
recently called Amazonia and loads. Um, I think it was all the profits went to um, indigenous Amazon tribe charities and oh, stuff okay. like that. Yeah, so they'll put the pressure on no plastic cuts good. and all that sort of stuff. Good, good. And then Metallica headline. Excellent. Goes around. I've never seen it. Have you not? All right. Never. I have. So that'll be my chance. I know you have. You've been yeah. seen twice, have you? No, just once I've seen them, I think. Sam's seen um, them twice. Yeah. Um, I saw them at Big Day Out in 99. That was a... I think we had this conversation. Well, that was quite a heavy day, but the best band of the whole day was Terrorvision. Um, yeah. Where was it? Was that at Milton Keynes or Milton Keynes? Yeah, yeah. Milton Keynes '99. Um, our Rich went on a bus with his mate to Berlin to see that leg of the SNM thing. Yeah. So they, they they did the two nights in San Francisco, and that's what's on the CD yeah. and that. But then they did another two nights in Berlin, so he went over to Berlin for that. I think that would have been awesome. It's that No Leaf Clover song that's on that the the original that they did for it. That's not on the Metallica Essentials playlist. It's oh, right, okay. Was that the second track also on? Because they, they did the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Is that on that as well? No. This one not. was exclusively for S&M. Right, okay. Because I, I Disappears on the Mission Impossible soundtrack, yeah, isn't it? It's good and then I well. thought that was the second, yeah. I thought that was the second track that they'd put, but maybe not. Right, Mike, what band or artist makes you dance around in the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? I could pick any of the ones that I've gone with so far, but I'm trying to spread the love a little bit. So I have gone for two that are kind of linked. Mainly, I think, because they're mates. They're not necessarily the same sort of style, although they can be. I've gone with Every Time I Die. Right. Who are now sadly broken up. They're a sort of hardcore-y, frenetic sort of very much crossing the line between punk and hardcore really good lyricist um well not anymore sadly because he's left and left everybody else to it but um i think he was an english teacher oh excellent so he puts all sorts of crazy analogies and stuff in his music um and i've gone with dillinger escape plan who are probably the band that most people think of uh, if you know about mathcore yeah i've had a conversation about it's not gone out yet. Um, you know the last question we do on here. Um, yeah. You pick. So we've we've already got in timeline. So we've already got a Dillinger Escape Plan track on the playlist. Ooh. So Dean, that F King guy. Do you remember guy, which he, one it is? Yeah, Widower. It's a good song. Yeah, that's he quite said late. It's perfect. Yeah, he said it's yeah. perfect. It says it starts off all weird and everything just seems a bit out, but every time it goes around, it all sort of clicks into gear a bit closer until you get to the end. He said, and he said it's a song that just sums up humanity, you reckon? Love. Some, no, that's right. He described it as a song that sums up the emotion of love. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one, of the, one of those bands that if one of their maybe slightly more well-known songs comes on somewhere... I mm-hmm. won't be able to stop singing it <laughs> at the top of my voice as well, in yeah, like a supermarket. Good. Brilliant. How many times has that happened? Enough, I think. <laughs> Enough. I left to get banned from Morrison's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, is there a is there a band that the whole world think are amazing, and you're just like, 
it's shit. What? Why are you all listening to this? Like, I don't get it. Now, being a goth, which is what your brother affectionately calls me all the time, even though he's the one that's listening to the most goth, actual goth music at yeah. the moment. With this he's into Creeper at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. There, you could li- you could pick anything. You could throw blindly at a dartboard with forty bands on, sixty bands on, and and I would probably hate them. Yeah, and I would probably hate them. Oasis, probably the ones that spring to mind. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, The Smiths, any yeah, The Cure. I just I'm not interested. The Beatles. The Beatles yeah. come up a lot on this question, and I yeah, think I'm it's an surprised. age. I think it's an age thing, but possibly. I just think they were overrated. I've listened I think to it. F- See, I don't. I don't even like Bob Dylan. I know that's got me, almost got me. You're not the first one to say that. Um, I'm not the first one to say that. I'll edit that out. Like that. Save your fingers. But. I mean, <laughs> I put Coldplay on there. Yeah, music for people who don't like music. But Coldplay are an interesting one for me because. With things like Oasis, I actively hate them. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody, oh, kids talk at school. So don't you like Oasis? And I'm like, no, I hate them. Coldplay, I feel nothing. And that's probably no, worse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. These Oasis provoke a reaction in you. Yeah. The, I, one of the best things I've read about um, Coldplay, they had an idea, which is quite a good idea, to be fair. Um in this age of sustainability and everything, they were going to do a gig, limit the number of people, like 100, 120, 200 people, something like that, and put them all on an exercise bike to power the show. Right. And somebody commented, if I pedal backwards, does the music stop? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone starts pedaling the fuck backwards. Brilliant. Classic. Um, The other side of the coin for this is, um, and it could be any band you've probably mentioned tonight, but is there like a massive band that you're into that no one else you know likes? I think, well, we could pick any of those ones that I was mentioned before, but I think there's there's a couple of bands at the moment that are going massive in the sort of metal, fringe metal scene um, that I think are going are gonna to be massive and they at least one of them will get some mainstream sort of success. Um, so Spirit Box... Um, they were a three piece I think they still are Um, they are sort of in the genty sort of metal side of things a lot of jagged sort of um, syncopated stuff Um, really really good female vocalist she's got amazing scream but also she's got a beautiful singing voice and Sleep Token Sleep Token are the one that I think are probably going to be closest to hitting the mainstream they're I can't even describe it I couldn't tell you what they were like, they've they've got some really poppy moments in their new album that they've they've not released yet. It goes from ridiculously heavy, drummer is incredible, ridiculously heavy, beautiful singing. No, well, up to now they didn't do any screams or anything. He was just singing, um, and then it goes like really down tune, sort of funky at the end, proper synth and everything. It's incredible. Mm. I've never they they are incredible. I couldn't dis- couldn't describe them any better than that. And I think one of their slightly more poppy songs will will get on the charts at some point. Brilliant. Right. You get to time travel to any musical era or scene. Where would you like to go? This is the one I procrastinated on the most, I think. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in chronological order with the like four choices that I've chosen. No, um, right. 
I'd like to have been around 63, 64, The Who. Okay. When he Carnage. was. when Yeah. When they were incredible and Keith Moon was driving cars into swimming pools and all that sort of crazy stuff was going on. They are, in my opinion, a hundred times better than the Beatles and the Rolling Stones put mm-hmm. together. Yep. And I think the sort of Roger Daltrey screamy bits that he did, I think that's to blame for screaming it in heavy metal. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I mean, you say obviously that bands like Black Sabbath sort of pioneered heavy metal, but this was happening in the 60s. Mm. Big guitars. That's what they all wanted. Yeah. Pete Townsend yeah. obviously just stood in front of a massive stack of um, amps and just played as loud as he possibly could to deafen himself. And carrying themselves like quintessential rock stars as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then mentioned before Springsteen. Springsteen's someone that I, I keep coming back to. Um, a bit like Johnny Cash. I've gone back to Johnny Cash recently as well. But that sort of, he, he did a live sort of compilation album, didn't he? Which was like 75 to 85 or something. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have heard all of those live. Yeah. Sam was talking about Thunder Road before. I think not only is Thunder Road an absolutely brilliant song in its own right, brilliant Springsteen song in its own right. I think that live version he did on that compilation album is even better than the studio version. Just him yeah, on I've his got, own. I think I've got that on like a multi-disc vinyl collection somewhere. Sam, it, Sam yeah. might have given it to me actually, but yeah, that's really good. And then we got 82 Metallica around the time Killer All came out. It would be amazing yeah. and all that sort of Bay Area thrash scene. But I've gone with I think my final answer would probably be quite a quite a recent one. 2000s Roadrunner Records. Oh, excellent. So Napalm Death and all of that. Well, yeah. And, and Roadrunner, it was, they said it on one of their documentaries a long time ago. It must have been on the Roadrunner United one. So Roadrunner United, they basically got four quite young but quite famous um artists as like team captains so like rob flynn from machine head was one mm-hmm. matt heafy from trivium was one dino from um fear factory was one I forget who the last one was um and they got loads of bands together loads of different artists from big roadrunner bands together and they wrote songs they wrote like four songs mm-hmm. each and put it on a compilation and you just think about the bands that have gone through that record label at that time with like slipknot trivium Hmm. machine head napalm death on roadrunner yeah must have been Um, i thought they were but obviously they they may have just come in later on once it was more established uh, um or was it earache i can't remember might have been they all swap between don't they so we had like king diamond on there as well suffocation were on there deicide were on there so loads of early death metal bands were on there as They're well. Almost like the um, almost like the Hellcat of metal. Yeah, well, you, it was one of those where they. This is what they said on this documentary. They said, if you see an album that you like and it's got that Roadrunner records on the bottom right, mm. you know it's going to be good. And I think being yeah. around there, like the Killswitch Engage um, area, would be it would be incredible to see who goes in and out of that office and see what was going on. And it was just a little bit more, what's the word? It was a step or three or four away from like the new metal that was going on at the time as well. Exactly, yeah. They called it the new wave of American heavy metal. Yeah. 
with bands like Lamb of God and stuff like that in it as well. Because before, if you go back, or maybe it's around the same time actually, because you had all that spillover of bands that were wanting to be the next corn. So stuff like Coal Chamber. Do you remember Coal Chamber? And I've been to Orgy. see Devil Driver live, right? And met Des from Devil Driver, who was the right. vocalist of Coal Chamber. Yeah, he's really tiny. Yeah, goes yeah, up yeah, to yeah. my shoulder. The guy from Cradle of the Filth was tiny as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he is tiny. So. Right, the final question. You you get to add one song to our playlist for the ages and we'll either send it to space or bury it in a time capsule, but one song, what would you like to go on the playlist? So, again, this is one of the ones I've had to go back and forth with. I've gone with quite a recent one because I think that's important in a time capsule. You go with quite recent. Um, and I could bang on about how people should listen to more metal and extreme music and stuff and and heavy metal can be beautiful as well uh in a nice happy rainbows unicorns and all that sort of way um and i think this band encapsulate that more than anybody at the moment um and that is rivers and i hill who i've mentioned before so they are prog death probably loads of movements in the songs and stuff um i was gutted when i went to see them because I was under the impression that they were bringing their um, full-time saxophonist. Bloody hell. So if you think about... <laughs> it's like he wasn't, a metal band. Yeah, and it's, they're quite aggressive at times as well. And um, they, they have these beautiful saxophone breaks. Um, so, yeah, they're quite jazzy, obviously, as a result of that. And <clears throat> so... I went with this song called The Void From Which No Sound Escapes. That's a title, mind, isn't it? It's a title. So <laughs> they're obviously quite intellectual as well, so they're pouring loads of meaning and different meaning. And he's one of the vocalists that sadly there's no left, but um, I think they write the lyrics between them. And it's it's one of those where I don't want to tell you what it means to me because it, may, it means something different to you. Excellent. And I've been quite open about my mental health struggles before, and it's... Mm. It's from an album called The Work, which is their fourth album in their like seasons sort of compilation. So it's this is winter and it's constantly through it. It's we've got to do the work. We've got to do the work. It's just about like muddling through, in my opinion, mm. like you've got to do it. Um, and there's all sorts of weird lyrics in this one about um, feeding your being to your children and stuff like that. And obviously that resonates quite a lot with me at the minute yeah trying to keep my children going and working at the same time and then you have these beautiful saxophone breaks in between which makes you feel even better excellent brilliant mike thank you so much for that that's really really cool pleasure i hope uh i hope some people are going to be trying some of these angry songs that i talk about because they are at least very well written one of the joys of doing it like this is that i get to talk to loads of different people and I, it's opening me up to a lot more stuff that I haven't heard before so like I'm going to go and check out some of this French EDM stuff that um, Paul put me on to and there's and you know Dillinger Escape Plan that I haven't really listened to before so I'm one chap Ian put me on to one of his favourite albums what was it it was the, Susp the soundtrack to the Italian film The Suspicious Death of a Minor Interesting, and it's it's it's, a, it's 
jazzy, jazz adjacent, jazz. Yeah. And like would never pick it up. And I, I had a wonderful afternoon in the park listening to it. So one of the joys of doing this, doing the podcast this way is it's opening me up to a load of new stuff. Yeah. Discovering music's got to be one of the best things at the moment. Having having these streaming things, I know not enough money goes to the artists and stuff, but you can just listen yeah. to any album you want. Uh, so as usual, you can find all the songs chosen for our playlist on the website, recordsandbands.com, and you can follow all our nonsense on the socials, and you can check us a quid or two on the Patreon. All the links are in the show notes. Keep Sam happy. I'll put some links to some of the Angry Barrel stuff in the show notes as well. But Mike, thank you very much for coming to play. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I was Rob Jones. He was Mike Case, And that was Records and Bands. <laughs>